Hello, and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where we watch movies that, you know, we haven't seen. And then we talk about them. That's the name of the show. What? That's crazy. Uh, I'm Betsy, one of your hosts, and with me as always is my husband, Trent. That's me. That's you. So today we are continuing on our slight detour from the Fast and Furious series for another film that sort of relates has kind of some similar themes and we are watching today Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. So I have seen this movie many times and the person who has not seen this movie by process of elimination is sitting right across from me. Hi. So Trent, how is it that you have not seen the 1977 film Smokey and the Bandit? Because I watched Star Wars. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you also weren't alive in 1977, which what? hurt you a little bit in that what? field. <laughs> no, um, I, I've probably seen clips of it here and there. I mean, this is very much a dad movie. Yes. Uh, like, our dads probably have watched Smokey and the Bandit dozens of times. Absolutely. Over it's, the years. It's also one that's on cable a lot. Yeah. Yep. It's it's an hour and a half long. Yep. And it's just an easy thing that, that can be just digested very quickly. So, no, I, I've never seen it all the way through. I've kind of done a little bit of research about the movie itself because, you know what, I don't really know how how this, because this was your suggestion uh, that we watch this. So I was kind of curious, well, okay, well, why does this actually fit into our little detour here? What is it having to do with uh, how does it racing relate? or heists or, yeah, yeah how, how is it relating? And I can just, based on the cursory look, I, I can see how it's related. So, on a personal note, I actually work in the trucking industry. Yep. So, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, jargon and some terms that I'm going to recognize, even from the 1970s, because, hey, trucking hasn't changed all that much. Right. The equipment is fairly similar. They still have, like, radios. They still... Uh call each yeah. other cbs are very much a thing of the past okay, in the trucking well, industry they still but call still, each other <laughs> sure um but like the premise of the movie is hey smoky is helping to play by burt reynolds uh smoky is trying to help a trucker i think smuggle some beer across a border and this is before Something having to do with the beer was changed. I don't know if it was just like the formula or the rules, regulations about where this beer can go and go to and from. There's not a lot of regulations anymore mm -hmm. these days uh, re regarding trans alcohol. transport of liquor, uh, alcohol in general. Um, some states there is. Yeah. I think the, the ones off the top of my head are New Jersey, mm -hmm. Kentucky. Uh, those are the only two off the top of my head. Where you have to get a, a, a permit before you're allowed to transport uh, alcohol through those states. Okay. Yeah, and I haven't seen this one. Gosh, I probably haven't watched this movie since college. Maybe okay. before college. Okay. So it's been a while for me too. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how much I remember. Uh, do you know who's in this movie? Yeah, so it's Burt Reynolds and Sally Field mm -hmm. are the two main people in the, uh, the hero side, let's mm -hmm. say. Uh, and it's Jackie Gleason. Yes. As uh, the uh, as uh, the uh, someone. I kept calling him Smokey. I'm sorry. I meant the Bandit. <laughs> no, Jackie Gleason plays Smokey. My my apologies. But um, yeah, Jackie Gleason uh, 
very much in an older age. Oh yeah. From from where we, from where most people know him from, he's he's most known for uh, you know the honeymooners exactly back in, in the, the day fifties in the fifties yeah this is nineteen seventy seven so he dude is way up there in age. I didn't know when I was a kid watching this or middle school, whenever it was I first saw this, yeah. that that was the same guy. Sure. Like I was kind of aware of The Honeymooners, but that was not a show that I saw. I watched a lot of shows that were like, I Love Lucy and The Dick Van Dyke Show, kind of stuff from a little bit later. I don't think I ever really watched The Honeymooners. So I, I didn't. kind of kind of I knew. watched The Flintstones. Right, <laughs> which is basically The Honeymooners. It is. Uh, but I kind of knew who Jackie Gleason was. I didn't know it was the same guy yeah. in Smokey and the Bandit because he's older. He's got facial hair. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's not, cursing probably. He's, probably. <laughs> it's a very different character. Yeah. So this is one of those later roles that you kind of forget. Oh, yeah. From what I understand, Jackie Gleason as a man yep. was like a very like dirty and just, just one of these guys who personified the term dirtbag. Okay. Was like an alcoholic, womanizing, drug-taking, just Sexist son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, you know, that kind of fits the mold. How many times have you heard about the lead of a sitcom yeah. who comes from a comedy background or something or, you know, outside of this world. Doing like a, a squeaky, squeaky clean. squeaky clean on the show <laughs> versus in real life. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. <laughs> One of the dirtiest comedians you would ever come across comes from this squeaky clean kid show, family show. Yeah. But no, he is a c- completely dirty comic. And you know he was doing that before. Yeah. That was his comedy before. But when you want to make it on TV, you take what you can get and you do what you can do. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, back in the 50s, yeah. you didn't get to make the show you wanted to make. Nope. You know, Larry David gets to make the show he wants to make now. Yeah. Because it's now. Um, who else? Who else has made TV shows? Where they're kind of filthy comedians who get to make filthy Robin TV Williams. shows. Robin Williams, it was a very filthy comedian. But from, he made from his squeaky day. sitcoms. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. He played an alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of a quirky, funny, kind of alien dude on Mork and Mindy. But yeah. in, in reality, his stand-up was very dirty. And in like later, much, much later years, he's kind of started to go back into stand-up yep. in the early 2000s. He, I think he did a special after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the first things I ever watched. Probably. Uh, like, for comedy like was for a him. brand new... Uh, him and George Carlin yep. did, did a show after 9-11. Yeah, there's a prime example. What TV show is George Carlin known for? Oh, uh, Shining Time Station. Yeah, he yeah. was on he was Mr. Thomas Conductor. the Tank Engine. No, he was Mr. Conductor on yes. Shining Time T- Station. Yeah. And, you know... It, it, I've I've seen interviews with him. Uh, hey, by the way, I love George Carlin. I, if you are any fan of stand-up comedy, you worship George Carlin. So, and if you ha- are a fan and haven't discovered George Carlin, go, go do back yourself and listen. A favor. It, it, everything still holds up. It is perfect. Um, but yeah, he he kind of went out of his, his comfort zone. He wanted to be an actor to a point. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to challenge himself to do this other stuff. Yeah. That, you know, people say that, oh, yeah, you're just a dirty comedian. You can't do this other thing. Fuck you. Sure, I can. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten way off topic now. Anyway. Jackie Gleason was a dirty old bastard. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he, he was. He was. Uh, but Anything yeah, Smokey you... and the Bandit. 
Uh, I'm interested in seeing this, not only just for, hey, I've never seen the movie, but how it relates to my job. Yep. (laughs) And how maybe things have changed. And like I kind of said, like you said, this was my suggestion to relate it back. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got... And, you know, in the first Fast and Furious movie, it's there's there's depictions of truckers getting robbed. Mm-hmm. And that was... Again, I had a perspective on that. Yeah. There's truckers and fast cars and women yep. and cops. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to go now and we're going to watch Smokey and the Bandit and we will be right back. So we just watched Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Trent, what do you think? My face hurts from laughing so much. <laughs> I looked over and you were smiling like every time I the looked over. The whole damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a part of me that always gets worried when we watch movies that are from like the 60s and 70s. The 70s in particular because sometimes things feel really dated and makes you like uncomfortable Uh and i was quite happy to realize there's really not that much of that in this there's one there's one one (laughs) but yes other than that this Uh, this... now that i think about it there's probably two or three okay but it's not so cringy that you're like stopped dead in your tracks yeah like whoa 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 whoa, no 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 for the most part this movie Holds up. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I had no idea. Damn. So, all right. So, <laughs> okay. So, this was back when there wasn't such a thing as a PG-13 movie. Correct. The PG-13 came in the 80s. Right. This came out in 77. Uh, this is about as PG-13 as you could possibly get without getting an R rating. Yes, but it is rated R. No, it's not. It's not? No. Is this PG? Yeah. At the very end of the movie, it came up after the credits, it said it was rated PG. This is PG for 1977. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, other than, you know, they, they referred to the F word... Twice. Yes. In the movie. Are you familiar with the the phrase the letters? With the last F F O as in fuck off. <laughs> and when the sheriff was on the side of the road with the deputy with with the other um with the one of the highway patrolmen in Alabama, he stopped him and says, You get this piece of shit off my highway. <laughs> and at the very end, the sheriff says, would you kindly fuck off? But he doesn't actually say it audibly. It's overpowered by a truck going by honking his horn. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the only other one, Sally Field flips someone the bird. Sure. <laughs> Which, hey, that's... That's, that's a gesture. That's a universal language. <laughs> yes, but they don't actually say it. No, they don't say they, that. They say some bitch a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. They, they, they say all sorts of stuff in this movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I said to, to Betsy during the movie. It's like, damn, if you see... I don't know if you've ever seen like an uncut version of this movie. Have you? 
And like not on cable, you mean? Right. Uh, like totally uncensored, uh, front to back, like I, seeing and hearing everything. I genuinely don't know because I'm sure I saw this on cable, but what I don't know is did I see it on one of the channels that edits it with commercials or one of the channels that just hits play and leaves it alone? Right. I don't really remember. It's been years since I watched this movie. But yeah, this movie is full of curses. Yes. <laughs> For 1977, that is quite odd for me, for I mean, for for, for uh, what was going on at the time and what the what the movies that were being put out were, like, damn, this was all over the place. Yeah, I think the 70s certainly was the time where they started to see how far they could push the language barrier. Yeah. Uh, like, where is the line? How many times can Jackie Gleason say "some bitch"? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of "son of a bitch." Yeah. And. They say shit a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They make poop and pee jokes without actually <laughs> saying it. Yes. I got I to gotta take a 1001 or something like that. Something like that. A, a 1001. A 1001 or a 1002. I think it was a 110 or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's a 1001 and a 1002 referring to number one and number two. Correct. How did you like all of the uh, the lingo? So the lingo, what it, the lingo really isn't a part of my job, right? With the lingo that is depicted here, them right. on the CB radio, that's trucker culture right there. Yes, they have a and whole language. They really do. And okay, I wrote down one line that I thought was just genius. Uh, Snowman said, "I need to suck down some go-go juice and shove some groceries down my throat." As in, I need to get some gas, or I, fuel in this case, yep. and get get some food. Which I commented on it. You had noticed earlier in the movie uh, that diesel was 42 cents a gallon. 47 cents so a gallon. So 47 cents a gallon. And he filled up for $72 or yeah. something. Yeah. Big tanks. How many tank? How many gallons are in a tank? I don't know. It depends on the truck. Um but it is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, depending on what the price of fuel is that right. day. And lately, depending on what part of the country you're in, it's anywhere between 3 and $4 a gallon these yeah. days. How far can uh, one of those go on a single tank? Because he's driving from Texarkana. Yeah. They Really, they're driving. They they're don't driving show about the, 950 miles. Right. They don't show the drive from Atlanta no. so much. They just kind of get there. That is for for the uninitiated, that is called deadheading. Deadheading. <laughs> deadheading mean meaning that you are driving with an empty trailer to go pick up a load. Okay. So they get all the way to Texarkana, they fill it up, and then they don't show him stop until he says that. Yeah, and I think that that is an unrealistic because, okay, when you're driving empty with nothing in the back of your trailer, mm -hmm. you get much better gas mileage. Yeah. Just uh, like any car. Just like anything. With a full trailer uh, that is, like, filled to the brim. Now, they did not fill up that, that trailer no. that much. Also, not that well for as much no. as they were whipping around corners. No. <laughs> that merchandise would not make it in one piece. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but th with a full trailer, you probably get anywhere between four and five miles per gallon. Okay. With a with a full trailer, he would have needed to fill up 
probably a couple of times Okay. in, in that route. I don't really deal with uh, drivers that have to... I don't really deal with drivers and their fill-ups and their their hours of operation and no. things like that. You just worry about getting them on, getting the stuff in the truck and getting the stuff off the truck. Pretty much, that's <laughs> that's my job. They handle the driving. I handle getting the getting on the loads. Yep, and in case something happens along the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Is this is this a movie that is brought up? A no, lot. no, never. Never? No. Now, the term smoky is a thing in trucking. I have heard drivers say that mm-hmm. uh, to me um, in that, yeah, I had this, this smoky roll up on me and and inspect me for whatever reason and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's just in passing. Yeah. I know what they're talking about just because I know what whatever the lexicon is. Yeah, this is nowhere near anything like my job. No. (laughs) No. No. Obviously. (laughs) So, you know, trucking is a much more regulated business than what it is depicted here. Mm -hmm. But back then, it was a lot, it was actually a lot less restrictive. Well, yeah, this was like a whole lot of different kinds of people, old, young, men, women. Well, that's that's the same thing these days, too. But they're just sort of... They're kind of depicted in this movie like anybody could just grab a truck and go. Right. And they're just sort of going. Right. <laughs> they don't really get into it. Now, that's not the point of this movie. They're not really going to... They don't need to give you the ins and outs of the trucking industry. No. They're big, tough guys in big, tough trucks. And yeah. they're like, you know, kind of fuck the police. <laughs> Pretty much. So let's talk about uh, the actual thing that they're doing here. Yeah. So... They they got a job to haul beer from Texarkana, Texas, yep. all the way to someplace in Georgia. I, I don't know if they actually said. I feel like they said Atlanta. I but don't remember Georgia. Georgia, and according to the laws of the time, there's something in Coors beer that doesn't travel well. Right. I was just looking at this and basically the way they make the beer, you, yeah. it has to stay refrigerated. Yep. And in the truck, they didn't have refrigerated trucks in those days, I assume. Mm-hmm. And so it was limited to a distance. You could only yeah. drive it so far before it becomes... Because it was made yeah. in Colorado, mm-hmm. as a lot of beer is. It's The, the, main, dis, the, the main producers of beer are in Colorado and St. Louis. At this time or just in general? In general. Okay. And there are only a couple of different big brewers out there. Those are the, the two big locations. So they're, they're not they're not allowed to take it past there. But in Texarkana, that's a distributor. So they keep it on ice there, so to speak. They keep yeah. it in a fridge. The, the laws at the time, you're not allowed to take it there because they're assuming that you're actually coming from uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that go across state lines now again back then i don't actually know what the regulations were i just take it on faith that they know what they're talking about right (laughs) you know it was a different time and you couldn't travel things didn't travel yeah in those days like they do now you can get anything to anywhere pretty much overnight now (laughs) right so the the industry has been basically completely deregulated in those parlances it's free game across the board to a point like you can't haul hazardous material without permits you can't haul 
uh, like liquid, like stuff that's gonna slosh around in yep. the trailer without a, without a license. Mm-hmm. It's called an endorsement on your license. Like you would, you have to have an endorsement to to drive a motorcycle. Right. You have to have an, a commercial endorsement to haul liquid like that. So that all being said, these days you don't really need a permit to haul beer. Right. Beer and wine, like lower alcohol content stuff you don't need licenses for the most part if this movie were made today they would not be driving cases of beer (laughs) no no not at all go to your grocery store go to your local distributor of alcohol how many do we have in town that just have beer right and this is coors right you know the banquet beer (laughs) maybe in 1977 (laughs) yeah which I don't the really know. The fanciest, nicest beer around. Hey, yeah. If you can't get it, it is the fanciest, nicest beer around. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so talking about the route that they're taking, it was about 900 and 950 miles. Is it the, one stretch? Yeah. So these days, the way drivers are allowed to do their business is that you're only allowed to basically be on duty for 14 hours a day. Yeah. Okay. So 14 hours a day, that translates roughly to about five to 600 miles a day. Okay. Depending on the roads that you're on and how many, how many breaks you want to take and how old of a driver you are, how tired you get. <laughs> how often you stop. Uh-huh. And how much There's you need all to get sorts gas. of different things that go into how many miles you do in a day. Right. This particular route is highly illegal these days. This is highly illegal anyway because he's not, <laughs> he's driving as long and fast as he wants to get there. Yeah. And he is driving as long and fast as he wants with a, with a trailer full of illicit materials. <laughs> <laughs> And Everything em- about this is illegal. on fast because holy shit, the dude was doing like 93 miles an hour, he said. Have you ever heard of a truck going that fast? Yes, but they're burning fuel like crazy. Yeah. Like they're getting maybe one mile a gallon. <laughs> you know, like think about it, like burning $4 worth of fuel every single mile that you're going. To get a quarter of the way across a state. <laughs> right, to, to get hardly any kind of money for it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That would be a bad life choice. Oh my god! But throw that all out the window because fuel is forty-seven cents a gallon. Right. The, you know the the efficiency of these trucks are basically nothing. It's garbage. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Um, They're in it for the money and the fun. But exactly. So you're getting eighty grand to do this to drive all the way there, empty for nothing. Yep. And drive all the way back with half a truckload, you better damn well get a lot of money for it. Right. And they so, basically, it's a bet. They yeah. take a bet. Essentially. <laughs> uh, something like this, just in 2021, that route, just to go from Texarkana to Atlanta, would probably get you maybe about 2000 to $2,500. With just like straight, straight shot materials, straight shot, hauling. yeah. Pick it up, deliver it. You get about two thousand to twenty five hundred bucks in today's money. In today's money, <laughs> now nineteen seventy seven. Hey, that would have been a lot of money. Well, I just uh, was looking at IMDb. Uh, always a good reference for fun little trivia. Eighty thousand dollars would be about three hundred thirty five thousand. Yeah, in it's a lot money. of money. Yeah. But you're also getting something that you can't get for six states. Right. Right. 
<laughs> you cannot get cores mm-hmm. in this state. You are not allowed. It's not like you just can. You can't just go there. I looked up something else. Uh, I think it was uh, President Johnson was in Colorado for some for some kind of meeting yeah. in, Col- in in Colorado, and he actually smuggled back to the White House on Air Force One a bunch of Coors. Well, that's exactly how you do it if you're going to do it. Just call up the president. Because, hey, he's, he was a senator from Texas. Yeah. You, it was allowed in Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he always he had a workaround. Yeah. Local beer for him. Oh, that's funny. So, good God, this movie is funny. We already <laughs> said that, but man, this movie was funny. Just... Jackie Gleason just being exasperated was the, the the best thing I've seen all day. So two things about that. One, there was basically no script for this movie. I can imagine. Jackie Gleason in particular improvised almost his entire part. Jesus. And the only reason Junior, his son, yeah. is in the movie is so that he could play off of somebody. Uh-huh. He said, don't be an idiot. I can't just sit in the car by myself. I need someone to play off as yeah. a consummate comedian would do sure but yeah he is the king of reactions subtle and big yeah in this movie like junior would say something stupid and he would just sort of squint his little eyes (laughs) and glance with his john waters mustache Yep, just barely looks at him and it's (laughs) fucking hysterical and then the other time he's going to 11 and he's just getting up in the cop's face and he's just like do you know who i am and what i've gone through and get out of my way (laughs) and kindly fuck off oh Oh yeah, he's he is really really great this week. And like he tries at the beginning when he first appears, he he tells the kids at the side of the road who are trying to scrap the car, yep. "You look tired. Arrest yourself." And they put their <laughs> hands on the car. And they probably know him. Yeah. They know him. They know his reputation of yeah. being a son of a bitch. Yep. Hey, let's get out of here. You do what you want. I'm staying here. <laughs> they know me. He, he 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 probably knows their name, their parents' names, where they live. Because mm-hmm. it's a probably a small town Texas kind of a, a community. Absolutely, I know exactly who you are and how to find you. You go home if you want, but I'll find you. Right. So you might as well stay here, you troublemakers. Uh. And apparently, Buford T. Justice, first of all, is like the greatest oh. name for a cop ever. It's it's fantastic. That was a real person. I did read that. I did yeah. read that. So apparently, Burt Reynolds' dad was a California. I I don't know. Anyway, Burt Reynolds' dad was a cop, and he knew somebody who was also a cop named Buford T. Justice. What a name. Perfect What a name. (laughs) (laughs) And then you give give Jackie Gleason complete creative freedom to just run with it. Yeah. This is your name. This is who you are. Be free, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I loved the line, uh, speaking of Buford T. Justice, there's the part in the movie where he gets hung up at the funeral procession. Yeah. And of course, his son says, he sure had a lot of friends. And then he just responds, they should have cremated the son of a bitch. <laughs> that was great. And then he takes oh, his hat off. Takes and he his hat off for respect. <laughs> I should have cremated this son of a bitch. Oh, oh, oh that cracked me up. <laughs>
Next time I get behind a funeral <laughs> procession, I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> uh, no disrespect to the dead. <laughs> no. No. You should get cremated anyway. Oh, my God. I, I had no idea. So, this was a complete mystery to me. This movie in general. Okay. I, I didn't really know the plot. I didn't really know how these characters interacted with i know how they interacted but i didn't know how they met up i didn't know sally field's character just was a a, a runaway bride yep essentially and she gets picked up by burt reynolds on the side of the road after she abandons her vehicle mm-hmm. in her wedding dress yep and when, she's very sally field in this movie she's oh, talking totally. a mile a minute oh totally and just making up stories about her character i love young sally field also she's so tiny she's five foot two which of course yeah. i wrote down she's too short to be a dancer <laughs> <laughs> that's true now in those days not necessarily the case because you know judy garland was four foot nine yeah uh back in you know back in the 40s 50s 60s the height has gone up Sure. To be a dancer these days, you have to be a lot taller. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just, just like, yeah. she's too short to be a dancer. But yeah, Sally Field. <laughs> she's with, great. With her Farrah Fawcett hair. Feathered locks. Feathered. Oh, my. Gal was a looker. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. <laughs> For her 1977 attire and yep. look. Well, Burt Reynolds wanted her in this movie. And he got her. And they made four movies together, and they were dating. Yeah, I did. I did read that as well. <laughs> after this movie, they got together. Yep. Yeah. But Which, you know, you know what? 70s... You know what? After, after that kind of performance, I would get with Burt Reynolds too. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's so funny that Burt Reynolds was such a sex symbol in the seventies. That I guy, believe it. That guy. With I believe his it. Weird mustache and thinning hair. Hair. <laughs> hair. That man is He's hairy. A, a hairy man. Harry man. Little story for our listeners. There's a bar in our town that has two different levels. It's it's uh, there's a bar on on each level and there's seating everywhere and there's there's also an outside. In the upper level, there's the bathroom area where you kind of have to go around uh, a corner and you go down a little hallway to uh, the men's and women's restrooms. And you don't see this when you go to the restroom. But when you come out on the wall, directly across from the door to the bathroom, is a wall-length photo of the famous Burt Reynolds, like on a bearskin rug, naked. His Playgirl spread. Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure he posed for Playgirl, and that's I, what I, that is. That's what that. Okay, yeah, it's that across the entire wall. <laughs> How big a wall is it, Trent? It's probably 15 feet long. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That is, oh, uh, it's great. It's great. I, I applaud it every time I see it. <laughs> so tell me if you had this thought or not, because I certainly did. We grew up in the 90s. Yeah. So, of course, we were in the age that Norm MacDonald was on Saturday Night Live. Yep. And probably his best-known impression was Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. 
I could not stop thinking of it in this movie. Not at all. Because not at all. He, I did not get that one bit. He does the ha like the weird little laugh. Yeah, and he's like chewing gum and talking. Like I, he picks it up here, which makes sense because another thing I just read. This is his favorite movie. This is Norm Macdonald's favorite movie. Of course it is. And it all makes so much sense now. <laughs> if you've not seen Norm Macdonald as Burt Reynolds, if you, after we're done with this, I'm going to make you go and watch one. And I just want you to come back, think back to what we just watched with Smokey and the Bandit mm-hmm. and tell me you don't pick up on all those weird little quirks he is doing as a character. So it, I have seen all of these clips that you're talking about. Right. So it doesn't seem like Norm Macdonald is doing anything yeah. when he is in person. I will Burt have Reynolds. to go back and, and watch his Celebrity Jeopardy appearances yes. on SNL. No, when, I, when I'm looking at it now, after just having seen this uh-huh. movie, he is nailing it. It's okay. these weird all little quirks. Right. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to go and watch all those clips again <laughs> with Norm Macdonald. He's great. He's great in those in those in in the the Celebrity Jeopardy stuff. I love Celebrity Jeopardy in general. Fact. When, whenever they've done those, it's true. Those uh, those things, anyway. So, yeah. But yes, I love looking <laughs> back to this and realizing, oh no, that's actually a really good impression he's doing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen another Burt Reynolds movie. I'm going to have to think about that because he made the bulk of his movies. In this era. In this era. Yeah. And as I said, he was a big star, big sex symbol in the 70s, which for the time, okay, let's face it, that made sense. That fits the 70s. Yeah. He would never be a sex symbol today. <laughs> I take it back. I just looked him up. I have seen Boogie Nights. I forgot he was, I think he got yeah, nominated he, for an Oscar I for that. I think he did. I think he did. When he was fully wearing a toupee, when he had invested in the toupee by yes, that point course. in his life. Yes, of course. He was on an episode of The X-Files in his later years. I may have mentioned it before, and I'm sure it will come up again. I am a huge X-Files fan. And he was in an episode in one of the later seasons, and he is delightful. It is a great episode. Okay. Uh, Backtrack. Uh, Burt Reynolds was nominated for Best Supporting Role Oscar in uh, 1998. For Boogie Nights. There you go. Uh, so was Julianne Moore. Yep. And so was Paul Thomas Anderson for, for the screenplay. There you go. Go watch Boogie Nights. It's pretty good. I have to watch that one again. I've seen it. Yeah. And I just kind of thought it was okay, but maybe It depends I just... on what age that you saw it. Yeah. Because think... if you saw it at a, at a young age, you're not going to get half of the, the content in there. I don't think I was that young, but maybe I just didn't get it. Yeah. Maybe I just need to watch Maturity it Maturity level ha- ha- has yeah. to be... Uh, a little, a little higher, to, right? To, to appreciate a, a film like that, <laughs> a movie about porn. <laughs> yes. No, that was the last movie, Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> Different things. <laughs> Speaking of Burt Reynolds, do I love his laugh? He just kind of giggles. I th- I think that's just really charming about him. <laughs> he is very easygoing in this movie. He's not he's, working very hard. No, he's just... Because he doesn't need to. He's just putting on the charm. He's yeah. just being himself. He's having a good time. Yeah. Oh, he's man. He's driving a car, flirting with the cute girl in the front seat. Yeah. And, and, and anybody Smoking who comes... cigarettes. And anybody comes along on the, on the CB. Yep. Or there's the scene where he's actually in the diner and the, the sheriff sits down next to him and he's just yeah. like... Let me just buy you this. Right. It would be, It'd my, be honor. my pleasure. And he runs away very quickly. 
<laughs> the second he's out of sight, he sprints out oh, the front door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another quote that I wrote down was Sally Field. I think it was pretty early on after she got in the car. She asked. She asks him, "Why are you driving so fast? Are you late for a big bowling date? Did okay. you catch that?" I caught it. <laughs> are you late for a big bowling date? Now think about the seventies. Okay. Bowling was a big, big deal in the 70s and 80s. It is how my parents it met. It is effectively how you came to be. It is. It <laughs> very much is. My parents met at a bowling alley. My dad worked for 20, 30 years as a mechanic at a bowling alley. Yep. Uh, he, I don't think he was working at the, as a mechanic at the time, but in the, in the town where my parents lived, he worked at the bowling alley, and my mom's father knew my dad just socially working at uh working at the bowling alley and bowling and bowling there yeah everybody was in a bowling league back then and he introduced my parents my grandfather introduced my parents uh through bowling thank you bowling yeah (laughs) and of course you know he, he was he worked at a bowling alley pretty much my entire life yeah uh till retirement you know, you would think that him being in a bowling alley all the time would make me into some kind of star bowler or, like, want to do it how, or anything like that. How many times have we gone bowling in the 10 years we've been together, Trent? Betsy, we've been together 10 years and we have never gone bowling. <laughs> we have been in a bowling alley probably three or four times. I would Just say more than that. in a bowling that. alley? More than that. Maybe. Somewhere around there. But... We were in a bowling we alley have, two weeks ago. We have never played we have never bowled i like bowling so do i we fake bowl that's true we go to an arcade <laughs> once a week and they have a bowling game that we, we there's a real ball that you throw up the lane but it's no real pens it's all digital and right. not the same thing it's not the same thing maybe maybe in the next 10 years we'll, okay. we'll, we'll finally maybe go for bowling. our 10th anniversary we should go bowling that'd be fun there you go. All it's, right, it's recorded. We're going to do date. it. It's a date. It's a date. <laughs> August 21st, guys. That's our anniversary of our first date. There you go. Aw. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Hey, let's go back to the reason why we're doing this movie in the first place. It It's uh, relation to The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, at the very beginning, there's some drag racing. Of? Trucks. <laughs> You know, the thing you usually race. Of course. Hey, Big rigs. These guys are totally, totally into their trucks. Yeah. Truckers are, especially the guys who actually own their trucks. Yep. Vast, not vast. part of a company. Yeah, or... vast, vast majority of drivers out there, they're, that's not their truck. It, they're just using a company truck yep. and a company truck. They're trailer. part of the fleet. Exactly. So... Uh, but yeah, the guys who own their truck and they soup them up and they customize them to all hell and they put all sorts of, um, you know, creature comforts in the back. Like hardly any of these trucks that are featured in this movie have like a, these are mostly day cabs. Mm -hmm. A day cab is something that a driver is in just for that day. They're not sleeping in there. Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no bed in there. No, you'd be laying across the seat. Who the hell wants to do that? And, and, And legally you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Doesn't uh, stop him from doing it. Of course, of course. Yeah, none of these have a sleeper in yep. them. But yeah, the, the, I, I've heard of people who c- completely customize their their trucks to have every single thing that you could think of from a kitchen. 
you know, you got air fryers, you got refrigerators, you got, you know, any, everything under the sun. Except the bathroom. You'd be surprised. <laughs> really? You'd be surprised. Bathroom and shower. In a truck? In a truck. With running water? Yeah. That is these a guys, customized truck. These guys get creative. And okay. a lot of times they do it all themselves. How many square feet would that be? I ho- I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. It's like taking a tiny house on the road with you. It's a tiny house to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. With wheels. The tiniest house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I've never heard it going that far. I know mm-hmm. they have a cabin yeah. where you can actually lay down and sleep, but I figured yeah. that's as far as it went. Nope. Well, oh, all no. Right then. Oh, no. People live. I mean, they're on the road for weeks at a time. Yeah. So you, you don't gotta, always want to be in a hotel. Got to have a creature comfort. You don't always have a hotel. I suppose. And, and hotels and motels, they're expensive. That too. Why would you want to throw out part of your your cut uh, to just staying in a hotel when you could have everything that you would need in your truck? All you need to do is sleep. If you need a shower, go to a truck stop. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Fair so. enough. Yeah. So do do they race? Have you seen trucks or heard of trailer truck races? Yes. Where? Uh, Northern Minnesota. Is that an annual tradition? Yes. For what? Pride. Well, how, <laughs> why would you race anything no, else? I need, I need details. Is this like a festival? Is this a... It's basically like this. They just have a, how they, a, how a they the road it. EO, basically. A road EO, yeah. Road EO. R-O-A-D-E-O. Yeah. yeah. And they gather in northern Minnesota once a year. These are the ones that I've heard of. Okay. Now, there are like truck parades... Yeah. That that go around. There are truck convoys that are more ceremonial. Like there are sometimes like protests that mm-hmm. happen with trucks and truckers. They will go around and they'll honk their horns for whatever the their cause is for the for that day. Um, but yeah, there there are totally totally things like this huh. that happen around here that I've heard of, and I know people who have gone. Well, all right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that obviously relates to our fast series is the very fast car that he spends the entire movie. Pontiac Trans Am. The 1977 Pontiac Trans Am. Uh, Yeah, that is rolled out right at the beginning. That was fun to watch. Yeah. That car just whipping around everywhere. They had a really good driver for this. Yes, they did. Several really good drivers. Yes, they did. Holy crap, man. Like other movies of this kind, it had an impact on the sales of this vehicle. Oh, yeah. It exploded in the late 70s. If you got a Trans Am, you were the cool kid on the block. I think I went to high school with a kid with a a Trans Am. Yeah? Yeah. When did they stop making that? No idea. (laughs) It's not something you see. It was an older car, for sure. It is. Probably from the 80s. I don't. You don't see many like this one. This one had with the root, the roof cut out. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen one like that. Where you literally could just like stand up and put your hands. It's yep. like a sunroof, but it's just no roof part of the roof. Right. It's just a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I've seen them. I've definitely seen them in town. Like different versions of this car, not quite so souped up as this. No. But they all have a full roof, so it's unusual for. For this one, but maybe it's just a choice. Maybe it's a custom one for this movie. But it's a cool car. It's it fun to watch them drive. And all the well, scenes well, where and... Sally Field is driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so speaking of watching them drive around, uh, I noticed 
there were probably three or four scenes where you this it's just footage of them driving and the footage is actually sped up a little bit yeah to i don't know if they're just trying to get get to the point and get them get them to, towards the camera to elicit or, more speed or or just to 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 uh show that just more speed but there was a couple of instances where the truck and the trailer were going at speed that if they were actually going that fast, the whole thing would have tipped over. Oh my gosh. The 100% very, the at very the very end, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they make it, they make it. Yeah. They get they cross there the finish line. with a minute to spare. Yeah. And he comes whipping around the corner. There's no way. There is no way that truck would make it without skidding and tipping completely Especially over. Especially with, with stuff in the trailer. And it wasn't secure. That shit was just stuffed in there. It wasn't like full to the point that it couldn't move. It wasn't yeah. strapped in. It wasn't hooked down. It would be sloshing and sliding yep. every time he hits the brakes, every time he turns, every time he whips around. And the weight of that would tip him over uh-huh. immediately. Yep. Like I said in an episode a few episodes ago, that's not how physics works. <laughs> Um, one thing you commented on was the song, the Eastbound and Down. Yep. So you knew that song. Of course I did. You did not know that that song was written specifically for this movie. I did not know that. No. I have, I have listened to that dozens and dozens of times, not by choice, <laughs> but because uh, truck drivers have it as their ringback tone when oh, I'm calling no. them. <laughs> Yeah. Guys who were kids when this movie came out yep. and are now grown-ass men yep. who remember that movie. Ringback tones, guys. Remember those? <laughs> Truckers do. So, yes, Eastbound and Down was written by Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed played Cletus, yep. the snowman, yeah. the other driver in this movie. And he did a whole bunch of songs throughout the movie. Yeah. And that one was his biggest hit, which is why it's people still, still play it's it. It's still being played. Yeah, and of course, you. I think I've heard you mention that song. Like, I probably. don't remember we had a conversation about trucking probably. songs. We were probably, just, yeah, we were talking talking about trucking songs. Yeah, and you mentioned that one, and I didn't contextually know what it was, but the second it clicked in mm-hmm. this movie, I was like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. I don't know why I know this song, but it's a catchy tune. <laughs> <laughs> and they play it like five times. Oh, yeah, and, and, and like drivers in general, they romanticize this movie. Yep. You can absolutely think about a driver that would look at this movie and think, oh man, that I, that's the life for me, man. Just just going against the law and having having a lookout for you, for you to get the get the smokies off your butt and mm-hmm. things like that. Foot to the floor, yep. get where I'm going. Going 90 mile an hour, no no logs, no no uh, worry about uh, dispatch getting on your ass or anything like that. Just just the open road. The open room. But yeah, they, they, they totally romanticize this movie. Yeah. That is also something that's interesting about this movie is the fact that they basically have, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for, I guess, a balladeer, if you will. So there's all these songs that Jerry Reed wrote for this movie. Yeah. That is an old movie trope. So like in yeah. old westerns, you would have a guy singing about what's going on. Sure. Um, and I can't think of a recent movie that has ever done that. Where the actual lyrics are talking about what's happening? What's happening, yeah. They used to do it a lot. Like, old westerns used yeah. to do this a lot. And 
frankly, I bet if we looked into it, Smokey and the Bandit was probably one of the last movies to do it. Live action for sure. You, yeah. you might you might get into some like animated movies mm-hmm. where like like Disney movies from the nineties. Yeah, I think have the last uh, vestige of that. I guess where like Aladdin, there's a couple of those where they're talking about the characters and what they're doing. Right, Little Mermaid, I think is one. Um, but yeah, I I can't really think of too many live action. There's not a lot of live action movies, period, that have uh, customized. Uh, soundtracks yeah for them anymore but yeah they they literally they meant to write one song for this and they ended up writing like six or seven mm-hmm. but yeah I, I saw i saw him in the credits mm-hmm. um all by jerry reed yeah. and then the the composer of the film yeah. um yeah i hadn't really thought about that but i can't think of another example except for things that predate this so one movie right. that comes to mind that you haven't seen is cat baloo mm-hmm. and there's literally it's it's stubby k and nat king cole mm. And they sing, they are dressed in like old Western garb and they play the banjos and they're singing like the ballad of Cat Baloo. Hmm. And they literally set up the song. They set up the story by singing it. And it's just like, she killed a man in Wolf City, Wyoming, Wolf City, Wyoming. (laughs) And they give you like the whole exposition in song. And they kind of do that here too. You know, we're westbound and down. Eastbound. Well, he says it both ways. He said at the beginning, oh, westbound. Okay. When they were going to Texarkana, he said oh, westbound. And I didn't catch they, that. I didn't yeah, catch that. Yeah, and when they were coming back, they called it eastbound. Okay. And Loaded like, up and trucking. <laughs> yep, loaded up and trucking. Yep. Gonna do what they say can't be done. Yep. We got a long way to go and a short way to get there. Short time to get there. Short time to get there. Yeah, that's ex- they're literally singing the plot of the movie. Yeah. When does that happen anymore? That does not happen. Yeah, you you got a good point. Yeah. Somebody look this up for me. Tell me another movie or tell me other movies that you know that have done this because it's rare. I can think of that one. I can think of Cat Baloo and I can think of, to some extent, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There's there's a guy who follows around uh, Sir Robin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Those are the only ones I can think of, but I I guarantee if I went back to uh, like the westerns of like the fifties and sixties, I would find dozens of these, or like Davy Crockett, you know, yeah. that's another one. Yeah. The longer I think about it, but yeah, this is a fun movie. I like this movie. I'm so happy that you liked it. Oh, I love this movie. It's great. <laughs> I'm gonna catch you watching this movie again. <laughs> Probably. <time. laughs> so I want to. Yes. I want to go back and listen to J- all the all the Jackie Gleason shit again. Oh yes, you. <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> he's so great. This, you you were not wrong. He is a dirty old man in this yeah, movie. Yeah. And he's just going to town. I love it. He is. Eating the scenery. I can see why my dad loves this movie. My, this is a movie my dad has seen dozens and dozens of times. I think I maybe, guarantee it. I think maybe tomorrow you're gonna have to call your dad and say, "Hey, guess what we watched yeah, yesterday?" Right. Because he's gonna have probably a lot to say about this movie. I, I wouldn't doubt it. He, this this might be a movie that they saw. I may back also in the day. I may also call my dad because I also know he likes <laughs> this movie. But think about it. Our parents were in their like twenties and thirties. Thirties, yeah. My parents my, were in their twenties. Your parents my were in dad, their thirties. My dad would have just turned thirty one. Yeah. When this movie came out. Yeah, my parents would have been twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. 
a little bit of an age discrepancy, but they they all went to the movies in oh, those yeah. days. Totally. So yes, that's that's Smokey and the Bandit. Um, I got a little bit of feedback about our recent podcast about Ocean's Eleven. Um, we kind of asked the question. How, how do people feel about this movie? And do they like the sequels? Have they seen the original? And I got a couple responses here. Uh, James said, Ocean's 12, I've been on the fence for a while. I love the laser dance towards the end. And there are some really clever moments here and there, but can't say I'd see it again. This goes to show you how little, you've obviously never seen it. Nope. And I've only seen it maybe once. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. So yeah, I think that's probably a valid a valid uh, opinion because it's just kind of a meh movie. If it just I don't didn't probably doesn't need to exist. No, I remember like one thing about it, and it's very stupid. Um, so I'm not going to share it here. Uh, I also had Rick <laughs> respond. Ocean's Eleven finishes with a heist that is not actually plausible, but it is so fun you don't notice. Yeah. Ocean's 12 is based around a heist that is ridiculous and then has a twist that mocks you for caring about what had been happening for the previous two hours. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Ocean's 13. I hate that. The, the fact that you the, the, the movie treats you like you're stupid for paying attention. I guess. And Fuck that. <laughs> finally, he says, Ocean's 13 is orange. Ocean's Eleven is orange. I said it. I said it when we were watching yeah. it. It has everything has a yellow glow, an yeah. orange glow. The the warm light. The movie poster is orange. Yes, indeed, indeed. So yeah, there's a couple of thoughts about that. So if you have any other thoughts about. Uh, any of the movies we've watched recently, uh, obviously we're still getting into the Fast and Furious series. Um, if you have some upcoming thoughts, hang on to those. When we watch those, give them to me. Uh, but if you've got some thoughts on Fast Five, Fast and Furious, any of the preceding films, yep. uh, or this if one, you've... like what, what what age were you when you watched Yeah, <laughs> um, Smokey and the Bandit? Tell us what you think about Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. We'd love to hear I from you. I feel like there's some people out there that have opinions about this movie. And I hope they're all good because I don't want to hear any negative. Anything, we don't want your negative, negative about this shit. <laughs> no, we take it back. If you don't like this movie, tell me why. Explain I, yourself. I want you to explain to my husband why you are disappointing him. <laughs> so, yes, reach out to us. Trent, tell them how they can reach out to us. Our email address is neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter at neverseenit underscore pod. Yeah, or if you know us personally, send us a fake Facebook message. Yeah. Text us. We don't care. We like you if we already know you. <laughs> We're not that rich and famous yet. <laughs> but to help us out to get there, support us on anchor.fm. Click the, the, the link in the description of this episode. It says something about support. You'll figure it out. You're smart people. You you're listen to this podcast. You're smart and intelligent and good-looking people. Yes. Highly, highly sexy. <laughs> All of you. You're like the Burt Reynolds of your your own circle. Couldn't have said it better, Betsy. And with that, we leave you. Until next time, I have been Betsy. And I will forever be Trent. <laughs> and we thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.